Welcome back, listeners. Uh, this is Matt Salerno and Hunter Bratton with Cut the BS Podcast. Um, we don't have anything really prepared for today, but we were just having a pretty good conversation about culture in the workplace and on teams and just in general. So um, we're just going to carry on with that conversation. Yes. So um, I guess since we don't work, the uh, the thing that comes to my mind is dorm culture mm-hmm. that's a big thing here on campus yeah um what do you think makes what do you think is uh makes for a good dorm culture or you know or i yeah yeah with, with a good dorm culture and then we can get into our dorm specifically um so at first i thought you were gonna say what makes a good culture oh and okay, i was well, thinking we should start there first actually well we can stay with your question i was just gonna say my first uh thought was like a common goal but with a dorm i feel like everyone's kind of doing their own thing so yeah. it's tough to cuz like a dorm is not a dorm is not an organization like a business is or like a yeah. or like a sports team or whatever else you might think of maybe um, common values maybe yeah yeah i think for a team or a business you definitely need a common goal yeah cuz like team is and like common values when it, like when a championship or a business yeah. it's like you know, grow the bottom line, however much percent year over year and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in our dorm, it's kind of we're just like a dorm is not a business entity or um, what's it called? You know, we aren't like winning, playing for a championship or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think are some of? Uh, what do you think are good, or what do you think are typical? common values for dorms here on campus um it's hard to say what's typical for dorms here on campus i mean i think what should be typical one i would say is like respect just like respecting common areas common things that are for everyone Mm because you know like like treat treat others how you want to be treated treat yes. this thing how you would like others to treat it so it stays functioning and clean and stuff um it goes for our bathroom and bomber hall yeah <laughs> and our lounges people don't respect those very much which is yeah. a shame for a brand new dorm so i figured people would um you know take care of it but i guess they don't care because I know well, they certainly don't treat their bathroom at home like that, or or their or their bedroom. I would hope not, at least. It's pretty pretty bad. I think it's it's interesting because I feel like uh, I feel like people for the most part respect each other in the dorm. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm not respecting this bathroom because I don't respect the people here. Yes. I think it's just a they're careless. Yeah, just careless, and I mean, we're guys, so we're lazy. That's true. Do you think um, it could be uh, indicative of character flaws with some people? Like not um, taking care of things? Because like, you heard the saying, how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah, but I mean, I think we're all pretty busy people here for the most part. Mm-hmm. And so like, I know how you do anything is how you do everything, but like it's hard to like... I don't know how to word this, but, like, stay locked in for everything you do. I agree. So, like, I'm super busy doing homework and I'm rushing around, like, 
you don't focus on the details of everything like yeah like keeping your room clean or mm-hmm. just stuff like that so i think it's easy to not that you're like having a character flaw or like disrespecting people but it's easy to like have little things drop out of your priorities that makes sense yeah i um i can definitely relate to that i uh, but i have i have tried working on that um just like with the small things even though like some people might argue like oh like the small things don't matter um but i think i mean to me they they do at least you know like i hurt i hold myself accountable mm-hmm. to a high standard so i don't want to um i don't want to slip up on the small things because then if i like develop that habit you know on the big things i don't want to slip up on those um but back to culture what else on uh culture do you think um i don't know i think the two biggest things in my opinion were common goals and common values Mm -hmm. um i think like for dorm culture a lot of times like dorm events i feel like there should be a common goal Mm -hmm. um like is the point of this to make money or to have fun or like bring awareness to i don't know like what we're doing over here yeah yeah um but I think it's tough to build culture with young people. Or let me rephrase that. It's tough to build culture with really young or really old people because really old people are set in their ways yes. and really young people are, I mean, not mature. It's hard for really young people to, like, understand big picture things, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean... I'm only 19, so I don't really have any, like, my opinion doesn't really mean anything on this, but I feel like the easiest people to build culture with would be, like, people in their 20s to 30s. So, or like, millennials right now, then? Yeah, like, well, not millennials, but, <laughs> <laughs> like, people who are generally pretty young, still, they've lived enough of life to understand big picture, mm-hmm. but they also are young enough to be willing to take risks and they're young enough to like not have what they want and still be like reaching for things. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, like, I don't know. I feel like college probably a little too young. Um, I mean, most people in college have never like had real responsibilities, like paying the bills, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think people who have probably been working for a couple years and understand like, important things like that and that like you have to take everything seriously because like when you're in college (laughs) like like you don't like if you don't take a school project seriously and the project fails like like what's the worst that happens you might fail the class you just drop it yeah but if you fail on a project for a business like you're you're fired you're you're fired or your business could like fail yeah like, like a lot of people could be affected exactly and so like i think you need people who are mature enough to have that understanding or experience Mm -hmm. that like like you got to take it seriously yeah so then what what do you think makes bomber hall so dylan hall's culture different from other places other dorms on campus or different than other cultures that you've experienced in your life um one thing about well hmm, different than other things i've experienced in my life yeah, you maybe, or or like compared to the other dorms on campus, what makes us different slash special? 
Um, I don't really know much about the other dorms. So I can't really compare to that. Okay, but like, that's fair. Compared to other things in my life, like if I would compare our culture to, I mean, it's hard to compare because like different only, things. The only other cultures I've experienced have been with teams mm-hmm. or like, I guess schools. But everyone kind of has like school, like kind of back what we were saying with like a goal, like. Those are kind of institutions with a goal. Mm. But I feel like what I like about our culture is that people are, like, generally pretty close and accepting of each other. Yeah. Um, like, like, if someone comes into our hall, for the most part, like, you'll be welcomed immediately and, like, part of the family. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you join another, like, group a lot of times you have to be hazed and, like, prove yourself before that you're, like, welcomed. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like in fraternities and sororities. Yeah, and also I feel like once you leave Dylan, like, you... You still have ties back to it. Exactly, yeah. It's not like a... I've heard that a lot of uh, Greek life is kind of like once you're, your four years are up, you don't really go back to it anymore, and it's kind of just... It is what it is. Yeah. Whereas, like, we've already experienced, like, people coming... Like, Juan coming back... Yeah, and just games. having a place to stay. Exactly. Like, he shows up that night and says, like... Oh, I'm like, here for the weekend. And then, like, this, the juniors are like, oh, have a, here, you know, stay on our couch or something. Yeah, exactly. What about um, Notre Dame culture at large and not specific to dorms? Um, so, I think, that's a, I, I think that's a big reason that people decide to come here. Because that's kind of what, what, draw, what drew me in. Yeah. Was everybody's like, oh, the Notre Dame family, everybody's mm-hmm. so, so close and friendly and welcoming and stuff. Not that I'm hating on it, but that's just what, yeah. that's just what everybody tells you. Yeah. Um, I think there's definitely some flaws with the culture of, like, the student population here. And I think when you have a big group of people, it's harder to develop a culture. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, just, like, from a like statistical standpoint, it's yeah. harder to get more people on the same page. But I think tradition makes our, mm. I mean, I'm pretty sure every other school says this about themselves when they are advertising, but the tradition at Notre Dame, I think, makes it a good culture here, especially because a lot of people have ties to Notre Dame. Like that's the Catholic they, roots. The Catholic roots or, like, family ties. Like, that's why they came here. Or like, they've always been a fan or mm-hmm. whatever. So, like, people respect, like, Notre Dame as a whole. Um Whereas, like, I don't know. I think this might be a kind of arrogant thing to say, but I know Notre Dame is a lot is a backup school for a lot of people. Yeah. I think for the most part, maybe. I don't know if this is true or not. This is a lot of people's number one school. Definitely. And so when you value something very much mm-hmm. like that, like, you're going to respect it. Whereas, yeah. like, if you just went to, like, your trashy little backup school, yeah. you're not really going to care. Yeah, because you're, you're kind of just there because it's all you all you had. Yeah, which like, don't get me wrong. Like, there's plenty of people who settled for Notre Dame and are pissed that they're here instead of somewhere else. Yeah, no, but, I'm sure. But all like, the for the Rangers. most part, I feel like like a lot of people wanted to come here, even if they could go to better schools. I feel like a lot of people still wanted to come here, mm-hmm. like as their number one. Because like, even if you don't get into your number one school and you have to come here, this is still a, like a really good backup option. Yeah, because like for me. There were other schools that I wanted to get to before this, um, but I'm still grateful that I'm here because yeah. I feel like I'm happy. I'm happier here than I would have been other like elsewhere. Yeah, just because I like 
looking back on it and um, seeing some of the things that have happened at the other schools I applied to, I don't think the culture at those places really would have worked, like, meshed well with me. Like, some of the Ivies are a bit too out there yeah. for me. And I'm, I'm, I think I'm a pretty accepting person, but just some of the stuff that they, that they say and that they stand for is kind of wacky. And I'm Yeah. The other thing about Notre Dame, I think, like you're saying, is, like, there's definitely people with some political views that are far out there. Yeah, far left or right. But, like, As not that we avoid talking about it here, but... Like we're pretty neutral overall. Yeah. Like there, like, no one makes a big deal out of it. Like there's no like big protests or anything. No, like, no, yeah, not at all. Whereas like if you look at Harvard and Yale or Penn wherever, like the people are just like in the streets or they're not going to class. Or, like the professors are like throw like throwing it at in your face. And yeah. then here, I mean, I'm sure there are professors here who are whack jobs on either side of the yeah. spectrum. But I've been lucky enough not to have any of those, um, mm-hmm. not to experience that because. I mean, I guess if you're a professor, you can do more than a high school teacher, mm-hmm. and you can say your views and stuff. But like, if I'm in cl- I'm, I'm going to your class because I want to learn. I don't care about your political views. Yeah. Like, if that hinders my grade because I write a paper that doesn't align with what you believe or what you think, like that's that's gonna make me mad, you know? Yeah. So I feel like cl- politics in the classroom should be sh- should be made separate. And yeah, they, if, I agree. For the most part. Sounds like they are here. Yeah, which I don't know why. I mean, maybe everyone's all on the same side here, or we're so divided that it doesn't seem like we're one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I feel like if we were split even, like, there'd be more issues. So I feel like yeah. we're pro like Notre Dame as a whole probably leans one way or the other. I think I would say just based on the Catholic roots that we lean more right than we do left. Yeah. Also but, but being in the Midwest. Yeah. Too. But we aren't noticeably right. Yeah. Um, because like we don't have people like we don't have, I don't know, like crazy political people here going like, Oh, like we got to deport all illegal immigrants or like yeah. bringing up like serious. There's definitely people issues. who believe that. Here. Oh yeah. 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 Or, or talking about like LGBT stuff, like in an extreme way. Yeah. Um, so no, that that was yeah. part of the reason that I chose that I was happy to come here because, um, like I lean more right than I do left, even though I'm pretty independent. I would mm-hmm. say now as I've gotten a little more mature, um, but I just no matter no matter how accepting I am of things or tolerating, I just could not stand to be in a place like Harvard or Yale or like on the West Coast in California because I mm-hmm. I know that. I've been told that California liberals are a different breed of liberals. I'm sure you can speak to that, just given your <laughs> your yeah. roots there. Well, whatever the reason is that we don't deal with much politics here, I think that develops a culture of respect. Mm-hmm. One, because like people at those super like like divided schools, or like even though like the Ivy Leagues all probably lean one way, but yeah. everyone's all like protesting, like. I feel like you lose respect for people, not because of their views, but because they're interfering with, like, like I'm trying to learn here, and you're, like, making a scene, like, I yeah. get it, stand up for what you believe in, but you're you're affecting me. <coughs> and I feel like because we don't have that issue here, and everyone's free to believe what they want without, one, being afraid of, like, being attacked or whatever, like... Mm-hmm. And two, like being able to go about your business and yeah, like 
you're here to be in school. You're not here to protest. Um, so like, and if you're here, you probably don't really have that much. You should be protesting. Like you live, <laughs> you live a pretty good life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's one thing I didn't really consider. Like I knew I wasn't going to go to a school that was like super political, mm-hmm. but I figured any college campus would be. And the fact that Notre Dame doesn't deal with any of that is like a huge blessing that I didn't foresee. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, I'm surprised that, uh, well, no, not surprised. I feel like we're one of the, like there aren't, at least maybe among public universities that I consider there's out there. Um, I feel like most of those institutions don't have much culture or like much tradition. Like you were saying that you think that a lot of places have traditions. I feel like public schools don't have it as much as, like I feel like, out of all the schools with tradition, Notre Dame's definitely up there. Because, yeah. Because I, th- I think, like, everybody you talk to, if you ask them what makes Notre Dame's culture great or unique, they would say tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, but you couldn't say the same about, like, a school like, I don't know, like, um, uh, like, like Ball State or, like, University of Louisville or something. Yeah. Well, I think if we're talking about public schools, I think when you have, like, 70,000 kids or like 30,000 <laughs> yeah, or whatever some, the enrollment is. Some ridiculous amount. It's hard to get everyone on the same page. Also, because there's so many like alumni and like people who have been there, yeah. it makes it less unique, I guess. Mm-hmm. And like with Notre Dame being a small, selective like 8, private school. People. Yeah, like one, a lot of people are like-minded, not necessarily politically, but like in terms of like being motivated, yeah, successful yeah. people. Driven. Yeah. And so I think that really unites people. But I think, like, is Texas A&M public school? I believe so. Or, like, Alabama schools like that. Like, I think, think they, they have tradition. I think they, a lot of their tradition comes through, like, sports. It's like, definitely football for Alabama. Yeah. So, like, I think they have some, a little, like, culture through that. But I also mm-hmm. know there's people who are at Alabama who, like, don't care about the football team and don't know anything about it. Yeah. And, like the football team could end up, like, last place, and they wouldn't, like... They'd never know or care. And so, like, they're not really involved in that culture. Mm -hmm. But, like, I feel like everyone rallies behind usually, like, a football or basketball team, whichever one's best. Yeah, yeah, Duke, everyone rallies behind Duke basketball. Even if they know nothing about basketball, like, there's girls going to the game cheering. And so, like, having something to rally behind, I think, also kind of develops a culture. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Um, I feel like also for uh, with you bringing up A and um, I don't know how true this is for all places, but especially for a place like Texas, I think the geographic location in which you find yourself plays into the culture. Because I feel like the like Texas, like anybody who lives in Texas, like Texas has its own unique culture. Yeah. Um, and I I, I would imagine that like the Texas culture, like the Texas vibe, like pull yourself up by your bootstraps and like work hard and like tough stays around yeah those tough places. guy like i feel like that culture is probably present and it affects the like the universities and the organizations or businesses that are in texas i agree with that mostly because like i think a lot of like if you go to a public school in texas most kids there are going to be from texas yeah exactly and so or they, all, they like, want to be from texas which is why they're going exactly to school there. and so they all just kind of build on the culture they've grown up with or they yeah. just want to like become part of the culture so they start like changing however they yeah. uh go about them i think wherever you get a group of people mm-hmm. usually they're all there 
for a reason. Yeah. And most times it's a similar reason. Mm-hmm. So they're going to develop a culture. Yeah. And it doesn't mean it'll be good or bad, but like, I don't know. Like, there's always a culture somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's never just like, I don't know. I mean, maybe it can just be like a mosh pit and everyone's doing their <laughs> own thing, but like, yeah. I don't know. I agree. Yeah. Well, what else do you want to talk about? Um, we just had fall <coughs> break. I know yeah. you're here for football. Anything happen during the week? Yeah, Those? I can't really talk about it. Though. Oh, okay. I can tell you about it after. Okay. <laughs> um, did you end up playing golf with uh, Mike? No, I did not. I really need to learn how to play golf. Though. Yeah, I do too. I used to go to the um, driving range with my dad mm-hmm. and just hit balls around. That's what my dad wants me to do when I go home. Dude, He's like, just come to the driving range. It's it's fun. Like after a while, it's just so boring. Yeah. And I, I honestly don't know how there are people who, for their career, play like eighteen hole golf all Dude, day. If you're gonna get paid a lot of money for it, I think you. Can I, like, it. If you're the best, I get it. But still, it just seems so boring. Like, I don't know. yeah, but like, I think, I think most people once they get too old to play like basketball or like sports where you run around, like, you want to still. Like compete, you know what I mean? Okay. It's like that's a great way to compete, and like you can play golf like forever. Yeah, I um, think another another uh, sport that seems to be pertinent for older people who are like in the business world is tennis. Really? Which looks a lot more fun than golf. <laughs> I would yeah. way rather go on a on a tennis meeting than a golf meeting, even though yeah. golf's probably more likely. <laughs> I don't know why I have this stereotype, which. Could be true. Probably isn't true. I mean, all stereotypes have their basis. And yeah. When I think of tennis, I just think of, like, super stuck-up rich people at the country <laughs> club. Whereas, like, golf, I feel like like there's a lot of people who are just bad at golf, and they go play anyway. And, like... That's fair. But for golf me, is still, like, kind of a rich person. Sport, see, yeah, for me, for me, I have the opposite of how you see it. I, I see really? golf as, like, the rich country club thing. And, and then tennis, tennis is, like, like, everyone just goes anybody, to... Yeah, but... Yeah. I mean, there's definitely not like anybody just playing golf or just playing tennis. Cause, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. Um, golf is, it's, I don't know, it's it's important if you want to be in business. <laughs> yeah, I feel like tennis is probably pretty hard on the elbows and the knees. Oh, it's hard. Yeah, yeah. There's like a, it's like, I think it's called tennis elbow or something. Yeah. Um, one of my friend, one of my best friends in high school, he was really good at tennis, and he like. I told like last year when I was into climbing a lot, and I like pulled one of my A twos and told him I have like climber's finger. He was uh-huh. like, "Oh, it sounds like the equivalent <laughs> of uh, of like tennis elbow." I was like, "What's that?" And then he explained it to me, and I was like, "Oh, that does not sound very fun." Yeah, but like, if you're gonna play golf though, that's got to be hard on on the shoulder, like rotator cuffs or something. Yeah, and it's also like, like if the sun's balls. beating down on you. Oh yeah, it's, like, it's terrible for your skin. Yeah, honestly, I'd rather have bad joints. And still be alive, and then cancer skin and be dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily. That you're gonna get cancer oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, exa- exactly. But but I'd, I'd rather have achy joints than the possibility, yeah. especially like if you know, like you don't have, like if it runs in your family or something. Yeah, dude, I'm so scared to be old. Dude, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Like I feel like, I feel like you can never be comfortable. Like, what do you mean by that? So like. Like, right now, my body's pretty healthy. Yeah. So, like, I can go lay in bed and feel fine and roll around in bed and switch positions oh, and feel comfortable. Oh, you think you're old and you're old Everything's, and you, yeah. I think that's that's a fair point to think about, but I think it's 
it's all about how well you take care of your body. But I mean, eventually so you're like, gonna get to that point. You're just prolonging it. Even if you take care of your body well, like eventually, eventually your body's gonna get to the point dude, where you're about to die and you're gonna get achy. I don't. I. I. There have to be old people out there who avoid the achiness though. Cause like there's this. Dude, I'm sure if you like, there's like this you guy drink named, milk or named, something before named, bed, you avoid it. But named, like, um, Dr. Esselstyn. He's the guy who like is really big into the research on like whole food, plant based, vegan diets and stuff. He's like 80 or 85. And in one of the documentaries that I was watching with him a while back, like it showed him and this other old guy who does the same thing. Like they're just running. They're like 85 years old, and really? they just looked like they had no pain at all. It was just like it was. It's very. I was very surprised by that. Yeah. Also brings into the question like how diet affects your aging and stuff. Oh, I, I mean, 100% <laughs> affects yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but no, that, that, yeah. Being old, I look forward to it. I don't. Dude, you don't have any From a stress standpoint, no I look forward to it. I, that's, I look forward to that. Being retired, dude. Like, I'm, I feel like you can't have fun, really. Dude, you get grandchildren, you get your, you get to take care of your, grandchildren yeah you get a like you, you can just you can always i don't know like you can do whatever you want like there's no there's no nobody telling you you have to be somewhere i think it's just because at this point in my life like 99 percent of the fun i've experienced is like physical like playing sports or like yeah just okay, like being out there mm-hmm. walking around doing stuff so like i don't know it's tough to imagine not being able to do yeah. those things that's a good point Take care of your body though, and you'll be there. You'll, yeah. be, you'll be playing football at age like ninety with your no. grandkids. <laughs> I I love football so much, but I I think my body will bless me for not starting playing when I was five and not playing till I'm thirty five. Because like most people who play football, play for like thirty. Like at least in the NFL, like those th- guys play forever. All have only played. I mean, I'll played eight years, but like right now, I'm not actually playing. Yeah, like I'm not getting tackled really or anything mm-hmm. so like my body's getting i mean i'm i'm my body pretty. will survive football more than most people's will yeah yeah, to say yeah. The least. um no that's, that's a good point I didn't, I didn't think about how all your like fun was from sports and stuff yeah um i couldn't imagine being an nfl player like that would just yeah like i mean you're making a lot of money like yeah yeah like, you make tons of money and I guess, like, in the moment, like, all that smacking around, like, yeah, it probably hurts, but, like, you can suck it up. But, like, 10, 15 years after the fact, I just, because I, I couldn't imagine what that does to the body. Um, well, being a lineman or a running back, I'm sure, is just horrible once you you're done playing. Even O lineman? Yeah. Just because they're so they just fat? Hit, they just or? hit their head. Well, once, <laughs> yeah, and like a lot of times they're being encouraged to gain more weight or like just do things that. Why though? So they can get better at what they do, make more money. Dude, I could not, Im- like, I could not imagine being that size. I can't either. Like, I always even, think, even if I were seven two or six ten or whatever, I just couldn't imagine having guts as big as them. Yeah, like just go do a workout and then imagine putting like five weighted vests on. Like how much harder it would be. Dude, even putting one, like one fifty-pound vest on. Just imagine walking around with, with an it, extra, or extra dumbbell in your backpack. Like yeah, all day. Forty pounds, all day. That would suck. I know. And then they have like six of those. Just yeah. No, they're like, they're like they're like eight like thirty-pound dumbbells or forty-pound dumbbells all day every day. Yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah. I don't know. That's 
It's interesting. That's got to be hard on the knees too. Oh yeah, no, they're they, yeah. Your your body, bodies like just weren't meant to carry that much weight. Yeah. Like, that's why people who are like obese, like my like my grandma, she's um, she has been a like overweight for a long t- or obese I guess for a long time. Um, and she always talked about like her back and like her knee pain and stuff. And it's just like, well, I mean. If if you lost the weight, like you'd feel better because like yeah. your your bones wouldn't be carrying that around so much. Because it's like after you, after you like do squats or something, like your knees might feel a little bad for like a couple hours. But uh, you know, like after after a while, it, it goes away because like you know, the weight's not you aren't um, under pressure or anything. Yeah, that's the other thing I'm I'm looking forward to. Like I still want to work out and push myself and make myself uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but like. To not have to push my joints too far. Like, I don't ever have to try and squat 300 or 400 pounds. Like, there's n- there's no need to ever yeah. put that strain on my body. Like, I'm mm-hmm. st- like, like you got to still, like, stay uncomfortable and, like, keep yourself sharp. But There are other ways to do that. Aside yeah. from- That's why, like, I used to be into powerlifting. Like, I never competed, but like, just, like, doing it for myself. Yeah. And, like, now that I just mainly run... I look back and I just don't know why I ever did that because like thankfully I stopped. Um, I mean it's just a brag. It's just to say how much you can yeah, pick it's up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just like a flex for the other gym rat bros. You're yeah. like, oh, how much can you squat? Oh, I can do four twenty five. What about you? Oh, I can only do four hundred five. And you're like, it's like a little ego boost. Yeah, because there's only so much strength you'll need for your daily life. Yeah, because being able to squat five hundred pounds or deadlift six hundred or bench press like three fifteen like. None of those really matter because you'll never be in a situation in which, like, you need to lift that much weight. Like, sure, like, being able to do some of it is, like, okay. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, 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 functional strength is something that's, like, that, like, I care about. Like, what what's the point of being able to lift these huge amounts if it's never going to help you in real life, you know? Yeah. Um, One thing I want to get into once I'm done, like, once I leave college, which I obviously won't have time to, but... I want to do like MMA and like work out for that because like that's like good cardio, like running. Mm-hmm. It's like it's good for, like the workouts you do are like good for your body and they're yeah. functional, like protecting yourself. Mm-hmm. And what you're training to do is like this fight very applicable for real life. Yeah, yeah. No, that's um, I think it was the Conor McGregor documentary, but like just looking watching some of his workouts, mm-hmm. they're just they just look so awful. I would just love it. Yeah. Like, it's, like, people, like, it's it sounds weird, but, like, I just, like, workouts that are just so hard and terrible, they're just so much fun. Yeah. After the fact, of course. Yeah. During it, they suck, but, like, I don't know. Just some of his workouts are insane, dude. That's the other thing. I may need a workout partner because I can't do insane workouts or, like, by myself. I don't yeah, know no, why, no, but, like. I, I get your it's, – it's tough. You have to, like, you have to really push yourself. And that's, like, kind of – how um like david goggins talks about like callousing the mind mm-hmm. that's like when you really callous the mind like make yourself mentally tougher it's like when it's yeah. like you and only you and you're accountable just to yourself like there's nobody um that you're with and, like pushing like just going hard um it's tough it it and it kind of sucks to be honest but yeah because like, i don't know why like if i go bench press by myself versus when i bench press with like a team or a bunch of other people mm-hmm. and no one's watching me. No one's watching me for both, but yeah. just all those other people are there. I just feel like I'm like 10 or 20 pounds stronger. Yeah, no, I believe that. Yeah. Um, it's 
I don't know. There's got to be some like phenomena, yeah. phenomena or phenomenon, whatever about that. Like like um, what's it called? Like uh, like her- herd mentality or something. I don't know. Like yeah. just being around like other people who are, who are uh, doing something similar to you. You just like not want to impress them, but just do your best. Yeah. I don't know. Um. Yeah. No. Working out's fun. More people in this country need to do it. Yeah. Because we. That's for sure. We're not a very healthy country. Well, I think people think that working out is more important. Well, okay, not more important. But, like, people think if you just work out, like, for 15 or 20 minutes a day and just eat, like, crap, then well, even if people, I'm working out, you know like, what I mean? E- even people who work out crazy hard think they can eat junk and still be all right. Like, there yeah. is... I don't remember who it was. But there was a podcast I was listening to way back when, and they were talking like a really famous, I don't know if he's like an ultra runner or just like a well-known athlete or something, but he like worked out insanely hard all the time, um, but he just ate straight trash, like like a bunch of processed meats and mm-hmm. dairy and like just everything that like you aren't supposed to eat, like just junk food in general. Um, but he worked out so much, like it never affected his body. But, like, at age 50, he gets dropped dead of a heart attack in the gym or something. Wow. Because of all the trash he was eating. Yeah. Which, like, hopefully, nowadays, with, like, with America's health uh, just kind of being so terrible where it is now, um, it was, like, a lot of stuff coming out about, like, plant-based diets and how beneficial they are. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, people can, um, like, make positive changes in their lives um, for the better because working out does not dictate that you can eat whatever you want um i don't know though i wish you knew that speaking of that did you watch the uh game changers over break no i meant to but i didn't absolutely nothing over break that's all right yeah i would i would get back to the room kind of late and then just go to sleep yeah i mean i I talked to a lot of people about it because other people were watching it but um do any of the football players watch it, maybe, if you can talk about that here? I don't know if any of the players watched it, but I know some of the strength coaches did. Like the vegan one, mm-hmm. or like basically vegan one. Yeah. Yeah, dude, because um, uh, one of the groups they profile is the Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I might have told you this. I, don't, I told somebody this recently. I don't remember who it was. But um, basically, um, one I think is a – the other – outside linebacker or he's um what is it is it a defensive tackle is the guy on the outside on the line right defensive end defensive end yeah, yeah. oops that's i'm thinking of offensive tackle anyway um uh so he went plant-based for um i guess like he started in the off season or something um or maybe it was like summer camp or whatever and he got like everybody was like making fun of him at first, and, like all the players were like, "Oh, like you're gonna turn into like a stick." Mm-hmm. Um, but they, like, his wife is a professional chef, so like obviously if your wife's a professional chef, you can do you can eat anything you want, and like she'll, like your it'll spouse will it'll space it'll taste amazing. Yeah. And so like she was making like a bunch of vegan stuff, and they were all like, "Oh my gosh, like, that looks really good!" Like, can mm-hmm. we get some of that too? And so she started like a little business where. Basically, they all paid her, like, a certain amount, I guess, every month or however, like, whatever, whenever. Um, and so, like, she would she would meal prep, 
like their lunches and stuff for um like for like their workouts and it's like it's like in the NFL like you're you're like at the complex all day like yeah. training or practicing um so you eat all your meals there um and I guess the only vegan options that the team uh, the football like the facilities offer like salads and like mm-hmm. you can't just eat salad yeah. uh, so she would like pack she packed like I think it was like it was either seven or it was fourteen players um got on the plant based diet with him mm-hmm. and the next season was like their best season yet like they went to the playoffs. Um, I don't think the Titans are too good. I don't know anything about NFL football, but like, they obviously didn't win anything. Yeah. But um, like they had their best season in a very long time, um, which is just interesting. Um, and I think hopefully that can, like amongst football players, can sort of just show, I, I guess, um, validate the plant-based diets like it's not just for runners or it's not just for like i don't know like who else is thought or like climbers or anything i like guess yeah. like anybody can be on a plant-based diet and like can see their performance do really like skyrocket yeah because um, i feel like if you profiled most football players or people who like keep up with football and be like what are the, like football players that are high performing eat they be like oh like steak and chicken and they drink like five cups of milk a day and all that stuff um and like you know, without that, you're like a weak little stick. But well, that's not the case. Yeah, I mean, it's really just breaking away from <clears throat> like conventional wisdom, wisdom yeah. which isn't really wisdom. Yeah, going um, against the flow. <laughs> yeah, because like I don't know, it's just what it's just false beliefs people have had. Yeah, over, the years. over time. Yeah, because it started like back in like the 1800s when like some guy was like they, they talk about it in, in the movie um, some scientists. I, I don't know. I think I made it up or something, or like di- discovered, quote unquote, um, that like animal protein is like essential for life, or it's like the quickest way to get strong or something. And then that just continued throughout the years, and that's like the reason. As we were, like when we were growing up, people were like, "Oh, you have to like drink your milk every day and eat your chicken and yeah. eat your beef and all that stuff." Yeah, it's tough because like you want to follow conventional wisdom because like what do I know about the body and yeah all that type of stuff. But also like when you see these stories, people yeah. like not even just for performance, because um, like obviously yeah, it's a great reason to do it, but like for recovery. Because the guy who narrates the documentary, he, I think he was an MMA fighter or he was some kind of fighter at one point in his life, and like after that he he was he would train like special forces people so like seals um and stuff similar to that like in fighting techniques and i guess at some point he i don't know if he like he didn't break his kneecaps but something happened to like both of his knees and so like in that time he was looking for like the best way to recover and like the link between recovery and nutrition and he found out that a plant-based diet has been shown to like be superior for like speeding up recovery as opposed to like the typical like western diet full of dairy and meat and stuff um so it has wide-ranging um applications not just in performance um it's very interesting yeah speaking of mcgregor a while ago he uh when he fought nate diaz the uh maybe i told you this i think i did but the uh, before break but like diaz obviously is plant-based as you know Mm -hmm. um and mcgregor said that like a week leading up to the uh 
to the fight, he had like two steaks every day or something, or like every meal. And he said that like during the fight, it came back to bite him because he felt super heavy and like sloshy and stuff. Yeah. Um, which is very funny, especially because <coughs> he was talking a lot of crap um, in the pre-fight uh, press conference they do about Diaz being like a cow or something. <laughs> which like I don't understand how, like how many people out there are nutritionists to have studied in school and done all this research like clearly we haven't done any research or any yeah like, like most people like the good thing nowadays is that it doesn't like you don't have to be a nutritionist to like know all the stuff about food because like there's so many books you can read about it and like research studies that are online um so it really just takes like a curiosity um from a person to go out and there like that's how I learned about it yeah like, I was just interested in like what's the best for health uh, like for overall health and like you know like for if you lift or run or whatever you do like how can you get like the best results yeah it just goes to show that you put something in a textbook and it becomes like set in stone yeah it's like the it's like the standard yeah um and like it has to be followed which um something else that's interesting is like in medical school they don't teach much nutrition stuff i think it's like a couple like maybe one class and of like one course that they talk about nutrition and like in my opinion doctors since they're like our healthcare providers they should know a lot about nutrition and like what's the optimal nutrition but if they're only getting like one class and one like out of an entire course on nutrition that's kind of concerning that they don't yeah. know what's best for their patients and that they don't know like about plant-based diets and stuff and all their like wide-ranging effects or benefits yeah it's just it, it almost is scary to think that like cause if you think about it everything you know is you know it because someone else told you it was true yeah it's, it's like, like with what his, do, it's like with history yeah like d was george washington the first president we don't know like we're it just, just says, trusting it just says it on wikipedia yeah and so we just believe that because it says that and it's it's tough because a lot of things that we're told mm -hmm. end up being true but where you draw the line like we don't really test everything, yeah. Which like you like as an individual, you can't test every single thing you're told to make sure it's true. No, not at all. It'd take your but whole life. You kind of should like if you think about it. Mm -hmm. Like the important things you like think for yourself. Yeah, it's kind of like that brings up an interesting point. Like I guess I think with religion, is how like for those who follow some kind of religion, like we're told that oh. You know, we believe in God and that God is real and that Jesus died for us and everything. Um, and we kind like as children, we're kind of like indoctrinated into the into the church or whatever the faith might be, um, and we just blindly believe it and we never really question it until we're adults, which is kind of unfortunate that we just buy into what our parents believe um, for so many years of our lives and like don't actually go out there and test it for ourselves until a later point it's unfortunate but also like our parents job is to teach us about the world like mm -hmm. if we don't have someone teaching us about the world we're not going to learn we're not going to learn that the fire is hot until we actually touch it and we're not going to learn that you know this snake biting us is going to kill us until we're dead you know what i mean so like mm -hmm. we need someone to indoctrinate us and someone who we can just take what they say for granted and trust it mm -hmm. but like i don't know i've always felt if i was raised in any other religion i would just 
I would believe that. Really. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's like it's all about what you know. Yeah. Um, because like if we were born in India, we'd be Hindus right now. And if I feel we were like born in the Middle East, we'd be Muslim. Or, yeah. Uh, Islam, believe in Islam. And so. I feel like everything I would learn would like, like your brain, like. A lot of times it believes what it wants to believe. Yeah, selective bias or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so I'm worried that, like, all the things that happen that, like, confirm my faith or, like, you know, like, I'm worried that that's just me, like, morphing that into, like, ju- using things as justification for my belief. Whereas, like, if I was some other religion and that same thing happened, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, like, that's proof that what I believe is true. When, like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I feel like I'm just, like, I feel like we all just take what the world's giving us and, like, morph we, it into what we want it to mean. I think that's... I mean, not everyone. I, I, I see what you're saying, and I agree. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, no, actually, I was... That's a good point. Um, ooh, I don't know how to respond to that. That was a... Yeah, I think I think a lot of people do. I mean, honestly, yeah, I think everybody does that in some way, shape, yeah. or form. I mean, sometimes people have something happen. And they're like, "Okay, that confirms that what I believe is wrong. I'm converting to this new religion." Yeah. Like that happens, but like, I feel like for the most part, we all kind of like like we do well in an exam, or like something good happens to us that we prayed about and asked for, and then we're like, "Oh, well, hey, confirmation. Yeah, God is real." Um, there was. I never read the article, but, like, one of my best friends from back home sent sent something in our group chat a while ago about, like, people who believe, like, who follow religion, like, their brains are different than people who don't follow religion, and I think it's, I don't really remember what it talked about, but it was, I think it was talking about something similar to what you were saying, how, like, everything that happens to us, we tie it back into, like, religion and, like, like in good or bad terms, um, I'll see if I can find it afterwards because I don't really want to talk about it if I don't know exactly what it was. But it's interesting that you bring that up. Yeah, like I feel like I'm always seeing stories of like a church burning down, and like the only thing that mm-hmm. didn't burn was the cross. Or like a Bible. Yeah, but like I feel like one that could probably happen to other religions. Two, you could also have instances where oh they just found it on the floor and. Like, oh my gosh, the Bible didn't burn, or this cross didn't burn, and they, like, stand it back up and take a picture of it. Mm-hmm. And, like, like I mean, you know how the news is. They morph all the stories yeah, to Yeah, I don't believe anything in the news. Yeah. It's, it's all a bunch of crap. Yeah. No, but, yeah, that that stuff's always very... Or, like, the people who, um, like, there like there was a book, I don't remember what it's called, but it's about, like, this, this child, or maybe it was a father, I don't know, who, like was in the hospital or something for however long um and like for a certain amount of time i guess like this person's heart stopped beating or like brain stopped working and so they were like medically dead or something uh-huh. um and like in that time like they they said that they, they went up to heaven and saw jesus and stuff and like talked to god and like they come back alive because like they were given the choice or something yeah and then like go out and like talk about it but that could have just been their subconscious filling in the blank when they thought they were dying you know what i mean yeah and so I, I'm, I'm not saying that what those people experienced is false or like that it didn't happen but i feel like you, there's no way to uh verify those instances i know? agree with that and it could also just be like 
in your imagination. Yeah. Like, Which, not to say people are, like, like yeah, when yeah, you die, yeah. you don't know what's happening. So you're, like, your mind, when your mind doesn't know what's going on, like, it'll make assumptions and, like, try and fill in the blanks. Mm-hmm. It's like, I feel like, like, oh, you start to see a light and, like, oh, that's God. Yeah. Like, like you have to say, that, like, not, like, to crap on these people, but. Yeah, you know. yeah. I'm just saying that's a possibility. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, obviously yeah. I believe in God still and everything. Oh, yeah, de- definitely, yeah, definitely. That's just, like, the doubt that I'm usually yeah, no, filled with. It's, it's um, important to have a healthy dose of skepticism. Yeah. And not just believe, take everything that you hear and believe it. Um, anything else you want to talk about in our last seven minutes? Um, I don't know. Anything you'd like to talk about? Um, nothing comes to mind. Next week we'll be having another interview, and then hopefully the next two weeks we do as well. Um, but this week and the last week we didn't because things didn't work out last week was fall break um yeah because that's all let's hear anything else i think that's good all right it was a good conversation we started with culture ended with does god really exist yeah (laughs) got very deep there yeah all right well thank you everybody for listening um don't forget to subscribe to us if you liked this or if you didn't doesn't really matter just subscribe and tell your friends about us um see you next week